Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations of the Way. My name is Carlos. I'm your host, and I hope that you're having a wonderful week so far. I myself have had a pretty decent week, and the last two weeks, as good as they have been, they've been long hours, they've been tough. You know, they've come with challenges, but um, even more during these times is when we have to make sure that we're spending time with God and time to read His scriptures, read the Word, and worship Him for all that He has done for us, either when we don't realize it, that He's done some good stuff for us. And um, part of what we'll be talking today is about that it's about worshiping so um let's get to it okay believing and worshiping so what does that mean and how do they work together many of us call ourselves believers and worshipers of the creator of it all but do we understand what that really means is it possible that we just have a superficial understanding of it. And we have not looked deeper into the scriptures to fully comprehend by reading the stories of our forefathers. These are deep questions that we're going to attempt to have in this conversation. So I just hope that we come to it uh, wanting to know only his truths and I hope that we set apart pride and acknowledge that we just don't know it all. And that includes me. Okay, so... Let us begin, begin, and let us begin with what it is to believe. Let us start with the definition of belief in Hebrew, as this is the language used by the fathers of the faith. According to the Strong's Concordance, to believe means to build up or support, to foster as a parent or nurse, to render or be firm and faithful, to trust, to be permanent or quiet, Assurance, bring up, establish, and to be steadfast. Now, let us look at a few examples of this in the Old Testament. It appears that the first time the word shows up in the scripture in one of its forms in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 through 6. It reads, quote, He, God, took Abram outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offsprings be. Abram believed God, and he credited to him as righteousness. End quote. And we can see that this came to pass as we fast forward to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 10. Quote, the Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are today as numerous as the stars of heaven. End quote. If we keep reading down the chapter to the chapter on verse 32, we see another example of belief. In this case, it is unbelief, the opposite of it. In context, God has taken the Israelites all the way to the land of the Amorites, which the Heavenly Father has promised to them. But because they knew that there were giants in the land and the cities were fortified, fear and lack of trust in the Father overwhelmed them. Then there was a punishment 
for their own belief. That generation never goes to see the promised land, and that includes Moses. They were to be in the wilderness for the rest of their lives. As we can see, part of believing is to trust wholeheartedly in that thing which we say we believe. It requires us to act. No doubt should be in our minds. No pause should be in our steps. And no hesitation in our hearts. Not easy, but also not hard if we're walking in His ways. Keyword here being if. I will say that it is harder for our generation because we have not seen, just yet, those things that the generation of Moses saw. But is it possible to see these things and yet not believe? I would say so. I think we can use the same king of Egypt that did not want to let his people go as an example. In Exodus chapter 14 verse 31, it states, quote, Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. End quote. It took the Israelites to see all these wonders to believe, yet the men that all these things were happening to did not believe. Now the king may have not believed, but his people, the Egyptians, were also affected by the plagues, and many of them did believe. We see this in Exodus chapter 12, verse 38. Quote, A mixed multitude also went up with them, them being the Israelites, and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. End quote. The mixed multitude ended joining themselves to the Israelites. And the joining, and by the joining the Israelites, this mixed multitude was to be considered as part of the Israelites and not a separate people, as we see stated in Exodus chapter 12, verse 49. End quote. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. End quote. It is believed that there were more of the mixed, multi- mixed multitude that left Egypt than the actual Israelites. But that is for another conversation. But this also aligns with Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Quote, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in the Messiah. End quote. There is action to take in this inclusiveness expressed not only by God to Abraham and through Jesus. This action is to do what is commanded by God to us. He has given us commandments, also known as as instructions, for us to follow in obedience, belief, and faith. This is how we show that we believe, and this is how we can call ourselves believers. Now, we do not see the word believer very much in the scriptures. It appears only twice in the New Testament And it was not used as a title for a person, but more as a description of action, as shown in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, 
in love and faith and purity. End quote. We must show these as a prerequisite of belief. Speaking of youth and belief, there's a special mindset that I think we need to have as believers in relation to youth. I don't want to lessen the fact that with age comes wisdom and with wisdom comes understanding. Remember when I mentioned that God said the generation of Moses who came out of Egypt will not see the promised land? But God did say that the children would. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 39. Quote, And as for your little ones, who you said will become a prey, and your children, who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there, and to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. End quote. Knowledge of good or evil. Doesn't that sound familiar? In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We all know that Adam and Eve ate from the tree. And what happened next? And what is still happening? And what did Jesus say about the little children? Mark chapter 10 verse 15 states, Quote, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. End quote. There's something about the purity of a child. Now, I'm talking about little children, not your 13-year-old. Children are innocent and pure. At a young age, they smile at everyone. They do not judge. They do not have knowledge of sin. But is when they have knowledge of sin and yet do it, that's when sin has entered them. We must try to be like little children and not let sin enter our hearts. Now that we have hopefully clarity of what belief is, then what is it to worship? We must be a true believer to be a true worshiper. But what does that look like? Let us start just like we did with the word belief in its definition. In Hebrew, worship means to bow down, crouch, fall down, humbly beseech, which means to beg for urgently or anxiously, also to request earnestly, make homage, do reverence, make stoop, which means to yield, submit. Let us go through a few examples of worship in the Old Testament. Psalm 100, verse 1 through 5. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Job chapter 1 verse 20 through 21 Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalms 95, verse 6. 
O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 36 But the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt with a great power and a stretched out arm, Him shall you fear, and Him shall you worship, and to Him shall you do sacrifice. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 25 Now therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me, that I may worship the Lord. We also have ways to not worship, and that is to not worship the one true God like the nations worship their gods. That is why he gave us commandments 1 through 3. Here are some examples. Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. End quote. Now, this is not the first time the Israelites had to deal with worshiping a golden image, if you remember. Let us go back to Exodus. Exodus chapter 34 Verse 14, For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Exodus chapter 32, verse 4, And he, Aaron, received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4. You should not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. I use many verses with the word worship in them. But depending on the version of the Bible, it may substitute the word worship with any other ones that we mentioned earlier. Let us look at one example. The King James Version has Joshua chapter 5, verse 14 translated as, And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and did worship, and said unto him, What said my Lord unto his servant? Now, the New International Version translates it as instead of the word worship is replaced with the word reverence. For the New American Standard Bible it translates it with bow down instead of the word worship or reverence. Someday we will have a conversation on Bible translations but I just wanted to make you guys aware of it if you didn't know. I knew there were different translations, but I did not have a deep understanding of what that meant. And I'm still learning. So if you're also interested, I do recommend getting a um, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, and that works like a Bible dictionary, which helps out a lot. So we have seen through the verses that 
worshiping happens happens out of feelings of happiness, fear, and when asking or seeking forgiveness. And then we can mix the action of kneeling, bowing, and possibly even shaving our heads as shown by Job. Prayer is also a strong element of it. There's also the form of worshiping by music, either by playing an instrument or singing. In the English, a synonym, a synonym for praise is worship. And there's plenty of praise in the book of Psalms. And I'm going to give you a few examples. Psalms chapter 30, verse 11 through 12. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Psalms chapter 32, verse 2. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Psalms chapter 42, verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I will go with the throng and lead them in, possess in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. And Psalms chapter 51, verse 15. O Lord, Open my lips and my mouth. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. So we have seen that we can worship him through a feeling. And that feeling can lead to a physical action like kneeling and bowing down. We can also worship through song and dance. And last but probably not least, we worship him by our obedience. We worship God because we say we love him. We should not worship something we do not love. Makes sense, right? And part of that love is to be obedient to Him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 2-4 to states, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. End quote. Jesus also says in John chapter 15, verse 9 through 14, quote, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, and to lay down one life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. End quote. This is nothing new, as we see that the Old Testament also states in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 through 20. Quote, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length 
of your days. End quote. Final thoughts. Talking about this, I feel like we just scratched the surface of what is to believe and worship. I often wonder why I felt led to talk about them together instead of separate. I do not think I could give you a clear answer why, but I just felt strongly that they both should be yoked together. And it does make sense that you cannot have one without the other. But I'll keep praying that the Most High keep leading me to a better understanding of what it is to truly believe and worship. And I will do the same for you. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. I hope that you spend time with the creator of the heavens, the earth, and the sea. I pray that there is peace in your homes, that there is happiness in your heart, and that you're coming together in faith with your family in the worshiping and believing of the creator of the heavens. Until next time.